prayer. Say prayer. In Acts chapter 2, we've been looking at how do we be the church that Jesus intended. We've been talking about rethinking the church because sometimes the church can become something other than what Jesus intended it to be. And one of the things when we read the book of Acts, we see clearly that there were certain practices that the early church were committed to. They were, in other words, they were devoted to. And one of the things that the Bible said that they were devoted to, that they, it says, and they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. Say prayer. prayer. I want to tell you that one of the things, if, if, if uh, I, I am preaching today because of prayer, I am saved today because of prayer. You know what? I, I want you to know that I'm so grateful that somebody prayed for me. How I many of you know the old folks used to sing that song? Somebody prayed for me. They had me on their mind. They took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad they prayed. My mama prayed for me. Come on, my grandma. How I many of you had somebody pray for you? Then listen, right now before you do anything, thank God because somebody prayed for you. Come on. Oh, that's weak. I, 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 I want to tell you. Is anybody thankful that somebody took the time and prayed for you? You're saved. You're healed. You're delivered because somebody prayed. Nobody comes to Jesus by accident. Call on me in your time of trouble. And I, Psalm 50, verse 15, and I will answer you. Come on. God says, call on me in your time of trouble, and I will hear, and I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. You ever been in trouble and called on the name of the Lord? <laughs> Have you discovered that, that he will respond? Sometimes you might call the police. They don't always answer. But how I many you know God will always show up? But God desires our prayer life to be more than just a 9-11 call. For many people, they have a 911 relationship with God. They know when, when they get in trouble, they call on God. But other than that, they say, well, God, I can handle this. I'll, I'll do, you, you, you just handle when I get in really trouble, but I'll take care of the rest. But how many know God intended prayer to be an ongoing relationship? Can I have an amen? He intended to be a daily thing. In other words, he intended us to be devoted to prayer. One of the, one of the things that set us apart up, up from all the other religions and all the other people of the world is this thing that we have a God who hears us when we pray. You know, I was riding in a taxi in Dubai. You know, Dubai is the Middle East, right around Saudi Arabia. And there was a, a Muslim taxi driver. And I was asking him about his faith. And I said, well, can you tell me what has, Muslim, what has Allah did for you? And he said, well, you know what? Our religion is not like that. I said, well, you mean to tell me you pray five times a day and you can't tell me one thing? that Allah has done for you? And he said, no, not, not really. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing to have a God who don't hear you? They see a God as an impersonal God, as somebody who don't necessarily respond. But how many know we have a God who's near to us? Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near to them the way the Lord our God is near to us Whenever we pray to him, aren't you glad we serve a God who's near to us? Come on, that's a reason to shout right there. I want you to know, listen, Buddha is dead. Uh, listen to, to uh, Harry Krishna, all these other religions, their God is dead, but our God is alive. He hears us when we pray. My goodness. He hears us when we pray. Jeremiah 33.3, how many of you know that's God's phone number? How many got it plugged in your phone? How many know what Jeremiah 33.3 says? We got about, come on, say it with me. Put it up there. Jeremiah 33.3. Listen, thus saith the Lord who made it, talking about the earth, the Lord who formed and established it. The Lord is his name. What did he say? Who did he say? Call to who? Call to me, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Listen to me. I want you to know here was Israel so you know the backdrop of that story. Israel was a backslidden nation much like America is a very backslidden nation. They had turned against about to destroy them. And yet 
as far as away from God because they had begun to serve every kind of other God. They had begun to serve all these other gods. In other words, just like in America, we serve the God of comfort. We serve the God of security. We serve the God of materialism. We serve the God of, of individualism. We serve all kinds of God. We might not call it Buddha or Allah or, or, or whatever, but how many you know we, we have sometimes other idols that we make God? And that's what had happened to them. They began serving all kinds of other gods. But listen to me, even in their worst dilemma, God was saying, but call to me. It's still not too late. In other words, God said, I don't care how far you're going. I don't care if judgment is at the door. If you'll call to me, I'll still answer. I want you to know what kind of God is that. He don't care how far you've gotten away from him. He'll still answer when you call. Come on, give God some praise. Amen. Jesus is on the main line. Oh, I'll tell you. One of the things that I have in my, I got born again in October of 1979. So this October makes 39 years. And one of the things that I have experienced in my walk with the Lord, in my in my time with the Lord is, is how that when we talk and we have a, a daily devotion with God, there, there is a, there's a presence, there's a power, there's anointing that comes only through prayer. I don't care how much ability, I don't care how much talent, I don't care how gifted you are. I want to tell you, until you pray, God, when we pray, God put his super on our natural. You could have the greatest talent, you could have the greatest, uh, you know, we could have the finest building, but prayer will set you apart. You can tell when there's been an, an atmosphere of prayer. I can always sense when I come into a place and I can feel that there's been somebody's been praying. But you know, the opposite is also true. You can always tell when there's no expectancy. You can, I can come in a place and listen, there's time when you come and that nobody really came hungry. Sometimes we can come out of duty. You know, just like the religious leaders, they prayed. But listen to what Jesus said about them. He said, you are worshiping with your lips, but your mind is really on the Saints football game. That's, that's the modern version. You say, you worship it with your lips, but you are thinking about eating beef steak at Golden Corral. <laughs> you worship me, but you're really thinking about what you're going to do after church. And I want you to know, if we're not careful, we can forget and set our devotion here. I want to tell you, the focus of everything we do must be to worship and set our devotion on Him. He is the reason. And I want you to know that it must become a daily thing. It must become a, you know, prayer must not just be a discipline. It must be a delight. The Bible said when you delight in the Lord. How many delight in the Lord? Uh, you know, we got but 10 of you. Uh, uh, come on, the 10 of you that delight. I'm going to preach to you this morning. I want you to, listen, God is a God who looks for people who not just want to come them out of duty. You know what? I, I'm married, and I could, you know, I, I, I could say, well, you know what? I, I, I'm going to love her because, I, I, you know, it's the right thing to do. I made a vow, and so because I have to, I'm going to just commit to be married. But, I'm, you know, that wouldn't be much of a marriage. Can I have an amen? But, I'm, you know, but if I commit to say, you know, I don't want to just be married. I want to I be in love with my wife. I want to spend time with her. I want to enjoy communicating with her. How, you know, that changes the whole, that changes everything. But I want you to know that prayer is the same way. See, here what I want to tell you, you and I can love the Lord, but we can sometimes neglect our time with him. I was guilty of that. In the first five years of our marriage, I did a terrible job of demonstrating my love for my wife. So much so that my wife wanted a divorce. When we went to the counselor, he asked me a question. I knew he was going to be on my side, especially since he was a friend of mine. He was my sister pastor. I said, well, I know he's going to take my side. But he started asking me a question. He said, well, Neil, when was the last time? You just took your wife out on a date. I'm not talking about for your anniversary. I'm not talking about for Christmas or your birthday. When the last time you just took your wife out on a date? And I started to thinking. And the more I thought, I realized that 
This is a person I did say I, I truly love. But you know what? I didn't schedule her in my time. I didn't take a daily or regular time to communicate my love. And how many of you know that when you, when you can say you love somebody, but if you're not committed to being, taking time to be with them, how many know you're going to eventually grow apart? And you know what? As I pondered, I realized that I had not taken time to date my wife. I had not taken time to communicate to her how much I love her. And no wonder she was hurting. No wonder she felt unloved in the marriage. I said with my lips, I love her, but my actions did not prove it. My actions proved that, you know what, I, I, I put a whole lot of other things. And how, you know, if we're not careful, that's how our relationship can be with the Lord. We say we love him, but tell me how much time you spend with him. Tell me how much time you have for the Lord. And so this morning, I want to look at Jesus, the master, and I want us to look at some principles he taught us about how to have a devotion life with God. Because the single greatest thing that you and I can do as believers is learn how to. house shall be called a what? The single thing that should define you and I as believers is this thing called prayer. There should be an aroma of prayer in our lives. When we walk, do you want to know, listen, we, we, we met with the men yesterday. We have every Saturday, any of you men are welcome. We, we have a group of men who gather every Saturday and we pray from 7.30 to 8.30. And we had about 20 of us yesterday that gathered. And, you know, I asked them, I said, well, listen to me. How many of you have a daily time with the Lord? And, I, you know, I was so blessed that the majority of the men say, you know what, they have a daily time with God. There's a, they set aside time daily to talk with us. Come on, let's thank God for that. But I say, but, but how many of you would acknowledge that we can do better? And they all say, Pastor, I know we can do better. We can have a greater uh, relationship. We can have a greater prayer life. And so Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. He said, I would that men pray always and never faint or never give up. I want to tell you, it ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till God says it's over. And I want you to know, prayer, how many know, he is a God late in the midnight hour. God's going to turn it around. I'm, I, I'm getting too excited, y'all. But I can tell you there's been time he may not come when you want it, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. And I've learned that, but, but you know, it's when we continue to pray. God said, I would that they pray always. And not give up. The Bible, Paul writing to the Thessalonians, he said that we're to pray without ceasing. In other words, God intended prayer to be the ongoing attitude of every believer's life. I want you to know, is prayer, I want to ask you the question before we, is prayer the attitude or the, the thing that, the aroma of your life? When you get around people, is there something that oozes out of you because you've been with the Lord? There's a certain sensitivity. You know that the old Folks, you say, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own. I want you to know when you're walking with God, there is a certain aroma. I can always tell when people have spent time with the Lord because you can sense his presence. I want you to know, and that is the thing that is distinguishes us as believers, that we have a God who lives not just, who's not just with us, but he's in us. And he wants us to commune with him. And so let's look at how do we grow in our devotion to the Lord. I'm reading at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. One day, Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. Would you put it on the screen? Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. Let's read it together. Let's read it out loud. Say, one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us. Now, isn't it amazing? Jesus healed the sick. He cast out devils. He delivered the oppressed. 
he, 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 he did all kinds of wonders. He turned water into wine. He, he, he multiplied bread and fishes. But isn't it amazing that one of the most important things that the disciples, in spite of all that they saw, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to cast out devils. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to m multiply food. No, they say, Lord, teach us. How to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Listen, just as John taught his disciples, and he said to them, come on, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Come on, we know the rest. Put it up. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sinned against us, and lead us not into temptation. You know, it's a little, very much... Uh, we see the same prayer in, in Matthew chapter 5, where Matthew chapter 6, we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's really not the Lord's Prayer. It's really the disciples' prayer. I want to talk to you, first of all, the first thing that Jesus said, he said, so he said to them, when you pray, say when you pray. In other words, God expected you and I to have a quiet time of prayer. So listen, if you and I are going to have a devotion life, we must establish a quiet time to pray you got to make time for the lord 90 percent of the battle is just showing up 90 percent of learning how to pray is just making the commitment to be there i want you to know that god will never miss an appointment if you will show up god will be there mark chapter 1 verse 35 very early in the morning while it was still dark Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Say he prayed. Jesus gave us an example to follow. He said, listen, if you and I are going to grow in a devotion life to the Lord, we must establish a quiet time with the Lord. I've learned that, that if you don't establish the first part of your day, I want you to know it's hard to, it's hard to catch up. Some people say, well, I pray through the, out the day. Well, I pray. No, listen to me. Listen, if you don't make time to establish a quiet time. Oh, can I have any? How many of you know, life happens. And I want you to know, if you don't learn how to get before the Lord, the first part of your day is hard to sort of recoup throughout the day. So I want you to know that if we're going to have a quiet time, we need to follow Jesus' example the first part of our day. Listen to what David said in Psalm 5. He says, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my signs. Listen to my cry for my help, my King, my God, for to you I pray. Here's verse 3 is what I want to say. Psalm 5, verse 3. In the morning, say in the morning. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. And I wait in expectation. I've learned that the, the greatest way to defeat the devil is to, to get up early in the morning before all the problems, the demands, all the challenges of life. If you'll give the first part of your day to the Lord, I want you to know that then he will help direct you the rest of your day. That's why the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. Haven't you found out that sometimes because you pray, God protected you some things. You get on the job, you get on, you headed to work, and because you spent time with God, you, there's, a, there's a certain, you got it, I'm Miss Burnett. You begin to sin. Listen, God can direct you. God can guide you. But I want you to know, if you don't take time to quiet yourself before the Lord, then you're not in a position to hear when he speaks. I remember reading some of the testimonies after 9-11. Y'all remember many people people said, listen, I was supposed to get on that plane, but something on the inside said, listen, don't get on that plane. Some people said, I was going up on that, the, the, the World Trade Center, and some just told me, listen, listen, don't even go do that. You know, it's amazing how God will direct us if we'll just sometimes give, a, give our ear to hear. Can I have an amen? The Bible said, that's why, let him that have an ear to hear let us hear. In other words, you know, we got to have an ear that listens to the Lord. And if you and I are going to be sensitive to God, we got to take time to quiet ourselves. For me, I have a room in my home that I can go in, I can close the door, and I can sit before the Lord. And I can just get quiet before the Lord. And, and because 
I know that sometimes there's a thousand things, distractions, responsibilities, people, needs that come up, emergencies, you know, uh, a hospital visit, this person's dying, this person I need to go pray for. And I want you to, you can be bombarded by so many things. And I've learned that if I just come before the Lord and bring all those cares to him, I want you to know, you know that song, oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. It's amazing when we give it to the Lord in prayer, all of a sudden I get up from the place of prayer and I don't care, I could have a thousand things. People say, Pastor, how do you do it? You know, you're in a funeral here, you're at a bedside there, you're praying for the sick there, you, 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 you have an emergency there. How do you do it? I want you to know you can't do it in your own strength. Can I have an amen? But how you know his grace is sufficient? And if we will learn how to get the, the strength of the Lord, if we'll learn how to get the mind of the Lord, if we'll learn how to get the peace of the Lord, the Bible says everything by praying. How many of you know Psalm, I mean Philippians chapter four, uh, Philippians chapter two, verse, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter four. The Bible says Philippians four, verse six, be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer, let our requests be made known to God and the peace, say the peace of God. How many know we need peace? How many have discovered that the world, pressures, anxieties, responsibilities can rob you of your peace? And if you and I are going to have the peace of God, then we're going to have to make time to have a quiet time with the Lord. Because peace comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Victory comes in the morning. I want to tell you, if we'll learn to have a quiet time with the Lord... I want to tell you, that's where you'll win the battle every time. Listen to what it says clearly. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 26, he says, Peter, pray so that you don't enter temptation. The spirit is willing, but what? Do y'all believe that? How many believe the flesh is weak? Uh, let me, how many believe the flesh is weak? You see, some of us say, oh, I can handle it. I want to tell you, no, listen, I can't handle it. I, I acknowledge that, listen, this flesh is weak. The Bible says all flesh is as grass. The flower withers and the, uh, uh, the flower withers and the grass, the grass withers and the flower faded. But the word of the Lord shall stand forever. I want you to know the flesh is weak. And one of the things I have learned in my 39 years of serving the Lord, hear me, men, I want you to know that in my own strength, I'm not strong enough. The flesh is weak. Look at somebody tell them the flesh is weak. You will never overcome the temptations of life in your own energy, in your own strength. It's the Lord who keeps me. It's the Lord who gives me strength. It's the Lord who watches over me. It's the Lord who protects me. I want you to know he is sufficient. But we got to spend time with him. And so the first thing we see is that we got to make time for the Lord. One of the scriptures I learned a year ago, I, I heard um, a pastor preach this. He gave the analogy that in, in, the, in the Jewish and uh, Judaism, they had what was called a fellowship offering. And God gave some directions about fellowship. I believe it's a perfect analogy between our fellowship with God. In Leviticus 6 verse 12, he says the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Look at somebody and say you got to keep the fire burning. You want to know how to keep the fire burning? Listen to what he say. Every morning, the priest is to add fire wood or firewood and arrange it the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offering on it the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously it must not go out I want you to know, we say it this way. You provide the fire, I'll provide a sacrifice. I've learned that the fire always falls on the sacrifice. If you'll bring your life to God, he'll provide the fire. Can I have an amen? And I want you to know that every morning, if you and I will come before the Lord, how do you continue to serve the Lord year after year, month after month, day after day? I want you to know it's, it's learning how to daily Give your time to the Lord. You don't have to burn out. You can burn on. Come on, somebody. Say amen. 
Let's thank God for some of our older saints. They've been serving God for, for more than 50 years. They haven't burned out. They still got some fire. Come on, let's, let, let's thank. I say, that's weak. Thank God for, for people who have kept the fire. I want you to know that I want to say it to you. Hear me. In 23 years of pastoring, you want to know what's the first sign of backsliding? You want to know what's the first sign of backsliding? Is when people begin to neglect their daily quiet time with the Lord. If you don't have a prayer life, I'm going to tell you, if you ain't praying, you strain. If you ain't praying, you just playing. I can promise you that, listen to me, if you don't have a daily time with God, I want you, you might think you're strong, but you're weak and you're strained, and I want you, you are set up for the devil. That's why Jesus said, pray so that you won't enter the temptation. The spirit is willing. This is what Jesus told Peter. He said, Peter, the devil wants to sift you like wheat. I want you to know, the devil is always putting a setup. He's always putting a trap. He's always trying to lay something to try to destroy our lives. But I want you to know, when you pray, I want you to know, you begin to detect the devil. Oh, devil, you tried to set me up, but I want you to know, God is greater than the devil. Can I have an amen? Many uh, 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 challenges I've found victory over because of my spending time with the Lord because I prayed. In the early years of ministry, I was in my office. And this is why it's so important, hear me, to be in a, a spirit of prayer. And someone came to the door, a young lady, very beautiful young lady, wasn't from the area. She said, well, I was just inquiring about the church and but you know how sometimes in your spirit, say in your spirit, you just sense something ain't right. But, you know, she started saying all the right things, how she loved the Lord and all this stuff like that. Two things I noticed, she waited till the end of the day when everybody was gone. And so I, I kind of politely, I said, well, listen, our church times is this and this and that. Well, did you know that the next day, at the end of the day, when everybody was gone, that same person showed up. I reckon I can smell a devil. <laughs> now, listen, that person wasn't there, but it was the devil that was used. Because, you see, I know that she had another motive. And her motive was really to set me up. But because somebody was praying. <laughs> See, that's why Paul said, pray for me. Listen to me. I'm grateful. I don't take it lightly. I'm grateful that God has kept me. I've been faithful to my wife. We, we will be celebrating 35 years. We, the only woman I've ever been with in 35 years is my wife. Somebody thank God for that. Come on. Listen to me. But... It's not because of my, listen, it's not by my might. It's not by my power, but it's by the Spirit, saith the Lord. And the only way you can live right is because of the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you. But we have a part to play. I said we have a part to play. And that's our part is to pray. And that's why you got to pray for me. Because sometimes my flesh get weak. Anybody beside me, your flesh get weak? I'm glad I'm not alone. I would be lying if I told you that in the last 39 years as a Christian, I've not struggled. I've been tempted. I've been seduced. I felt weak. My flesh wanted to do anything but serve the Lord. But I'm so grateful that there's some people that get up every morning and pray for me. Come on, let's thank God for that. God will keep you. Hear me. We got to, the men all said one of the greatest challenges to maintain a time of prayer is distractions. How many have learned that we got so many distractions today? 
I want to tell you, uh, sometimes text messages and, and social media notifications and news alerts and weather alerts. I want you to know, you can, if you're not careful, those things will wake you up and, call, and, it, and you'll hear them as you go to sleep. And, and we have to sometimes turn the noise off. I'll give you an example. What we, 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 my wife and I, we date every week. We go somewhere. We do something together once a week and whatever. And my wife has gotten used to, she's, I'm going to say, she's gotten addicted. <laughs> she played this game called Words with Friends. And so we would be at the restaurant and she'd be. <laughs> and so I said, wait, hold on, baby. I said, now, nah, this is going too far. I said, now, nah, we can't, we didn't took time to be with one another, and you're going to be, I said, no, so we set a rule, listen, because, see, it was becoming a, a distraction. We trying to talk about, we, we trying to eat, I'm sharing my heart, she, oh, wait, hold on one minute, oh, <laughs> cling, 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 just wait one moment, no, no, we got, and so, how I many you know, if we're not honest, I mean, if we're, if we're not careful, how I many know there's distractions in our lives? And you got to be careful. That's why, listen, I see people in church, they can't even hear the message because they, they've seen who on social media, who's on Instagram, who's on Facebook. Who, and, and, and I run into them after, well, how, uh, they don't even can't tell you what I preach today. I'm just saying to you that we live in a world of distractions. Can anybody, everybody agree with that? How many agree that we got more distractions than ever before? And therefore, because we have more distractions than ever before, we have to work hard. We have to silence ourselves. We have to quiet ourselves. Listen to what the Bible says, the Message Bible. Here, what I want you to do, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simple and honest as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. I want to tell you, that's amazing. That's the message Bible, Matthew 6, 6. I want to tell you, I've learned, I want to, this is what has helped me. In 39 years, I, it's not about formulas, how many have discovered it's not about prayer. I thank God for every form, but prayer is a relationship. I want to, I want to talk to you about that one minute, but hear me. The most important thing you got to realize is, is that sometimes if you just quiet yourself and get before the Lord, this is what helps me. Those of you who know me, I do have a little ADD. Would you say it? I, I'm, here's the reality. I'm so glad they didn't have all those diagnoses when I was in school because I'd be at all kinds of pills. And I'm glad they didn't have that for my mom because... I, I really am, but listen to me. I say that to let y'all know that sometimes, you know, I can easily get distracted, my attention. And so you know what has helped me? This is what helped me. I, I, I take a little notepad because and when I go before the place of the Lord, I shared with you one of the first things I do. Sometimes I begin to write out my thoughts and my prayers to the Lord. It's amazing. You know, I get so caught up on the goodness. When I think of all the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, oh, I tell you, sometimes I don't get any further in prayer. I start thanking God. I start blessing. Oh, God, you've been so good. Oh, God, you made a way. Oh, I begin to, oh, I'm going to tell you, listen to me. And I, before long, I'm starting to just worship God. I'm just starting to thank Him. I want to, sometimes there's tears coming down my eyes. God, it could have been somebody, but you chose me, God. And I begin to thank Him for all the good things. And before long, I'm telling you, I'm in the presence of God. It's just me and Jesus. And all of a sudden, then the phone rang. Hey. <laughs> but listen, I get caught up, but I want to tell I've learned to write it out. How do you know if God answered your prayer? Sometimes we just pray generic, but how do you know God answered? How do you know that he heard your prayer if you didn't write it down? Sometimes, you know what, I write those things down. I write out my prayer request. I'm, I'll say like, God, Lord, today we're going to have a meeting with all these pastors. Now, Lord, you know how difficult and challenging it is for us to come together. I pray that, Father, meet with us. 
I bind the spirits of jealousy, competition, and everything the enemy would bring. And I just began to pray, and I wrote down, I said, Lord, I'm asking you to intervene, move. You know what has happened? I want to tell you, this is the first. We have 22 churches that are going to all come together the Sunday before Thanksgiving and have a Thanksgiving meal and serve the needy. We set a goal to give away 2,000 turkeys to 2,000 families. How many of you believe? I believe 22 churches can do it. How many of you want to be a part of that? Well, I want to tell you then, but you know what? That wouldn't have been possible, I believe, because we prayed. We got a group of us pastors who begin to pray together. Prayer releases. It, uh, it opens the door to the presence of God. It, it, it defeats the devil's plan. That's why Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Prayer allows heaven to invade earth. Can I have an amen? I've seen God move in so many miraculous ways, amazing ways, that it blows my mind how God has changed certain things. What people say was impossible, what is impossible with man. It's possible with God. How many the Bible said with God, nothing is impossible. Somebody give God some praise. Can I have an amen? Everything you see here today is a because of prayer. Y'all know this, and let's just be honest. I'm not a T.D. Jakes. I'm not a Joel Osteen. You know, some people just have a magnanimous charisma and personality. That's not me. I want to tell you, listen to me. If God ain't here, you know it, because it's just as dead as a donator. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the presence of God. And I want to tell you, that's why I marvel. When I look at all that God has done, I marvel myself. You mean to tell me God took this little introverted, full of rejection, full of anger, little boy from reserve, from a no town nobody even know about, and God has used him to reach souls for Jesus, to travel the world for Jesus, to plunder hell and populate heaven, to see the kingdom of Come on, there has to be a God. The God of service mighty. And he can do anything but fail. Come on, look at somebody and say, he can do anything but fail. I won't finish this message. We won't finish the week after. But I want to just introduce the second part because here's a part. If you're going to have a devotion, devotion relationship with God, if you're going to have a, a growing devotion life with God, this is probably the most important thing. I've ever discovered about prayer is we have to understand, we must remember that prayer is talking with a loving father. In other words, prayer is rooted in the goodness of God. Prayer, I, I, I want to read the message Bible again, Matthew 6, verse 7 and 9. Prayer is a relationship. See, prayer is more than a duty. I grew up in a very religious family. Many of you know that. I come from a very, very devout, devout Catholic family. I've been praying since I can remember, probably since two or three years old. I saw my grandmother pray all her life. I saw my mom pray. So I, prayer was nothing new for me. Prayer, I saw, because my aunt was a nun. She was a nun for 60-something years, almost 70 years, 68 years. So I was surrounded by people who, who prayed. So prayer was, but here's what changed everything for me. Listen to me. Because it's not enough to go through the mechanics of prayer. But when, I, when you get a revelation of God as your loving Father, it changes everything. Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father. It was an affectionate word, just like the word daddy. The word Abba is a word of an affection in the Hebrew land. It's, a, in the, it's, it's, a, it's an effect. It's like my grandkids. They call me Papa. They call me Papa. And so when I walk in the door, you know, nothing, nothing, uh, I, I want to tell you, bring such joy. Papa, 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 let, let, let's go play. Let's go get some golf ball. Papa, Papa, let's go, let's go get some ice cream. Papa, Papa, whatever they want. You know, you know, I'm ready to go. 
Nothing. Well, I want to tell you, we have a heavenly Papa. He takes delight in us. He loves us. He, listen to me. I want to tell you, I'll do anything for my children. I love, listen to me. You got to understand, we have a loving Father. I want to read it. Before, I'm going to read this as I close. Listen, Matthew 6, verse 79. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors. Put it on the screen. Let's read it together. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. Listen, they're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. You know, that's, we, we've seen those, those seasons that came in the church. Well, name it and claim it. Profess it and do, do this. And so I learned all the formulas about prayer. Oh, just pray this way. And sometimes we can try to go through the motions of prayer, the formulas of prayer, the mechanics of prayer, and lose sight of the relationship of prayer. But let, go, put the next verse. Put the next verse. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Listen to me. I have learned, listen, prayer, nothing changes the dynamic of prayer when you realize you're talking to a heavenly Father who wants to bless you, who wants to. See, I, can't, I grew up in a, a religious system that I thought I had to earn it. When, I, got, when, I, when I, my, I was so far away from God, we had a season uh, between uh, uh, Ash Wednesday and Easter called Lent. And, you know, it's 40 days. And so, you know what? This is how desperate I was for God. I went to church every day, every day. Kneel down. God, I pray. I prayed the way only I knew. I was so desperate for God. But how many of you know we can't earn our way? We can't merit our way. I thought if I do all the right things, maybe God will change my life. Maybe something will happen. But I want you all to know after 40 days, I was still as dead. I was still as dry. I was still as empty because I want you to know God is not a formula. You can't earn his praise. You can't merit it. I want you to know he's a loving heavenly father. And when I got a revelation of who he is and that he loves me and that, that when I was away from him and when I was in sin, when I couldn't change myself, he did for me what I couldn't do myself. Somebody say amen. When I got a revelation of the love of God, it changed everything. I love to talk. Prayer is not just what I do in the morning. Prayer is what I do throughout the day. Prayer, I just like talking to him. Sometimes I just like, you know, I meditate. I, I can be eating ice cream, and I say, God, you're so good. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. He gives us all these things to enjoy. He, I thought that God didn't want to, you know, my mentality was that God is this person. He don't want you to have no fun. He don't want you, you know, he just wants you to just stay all day on your knees and suffer and not have any fun and never enjoy life. But how many of the devil is a liar? God, I want you to know he's a good God. Listen, I want you to read, let me, let me read this because I'm, Matthew 7. Y'all get me excited when I talk about my daddy. Oh, Listen, Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if he has a son, ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give what? Give what? Give what? I say give what? Give good gifts to those who ask him. Faith is the confidence in a loving Father who loves me immeasurably. I'm his boy. I can call him Papa. I can run up into his lap. He loves me. Oh, how he loves me. And when I understand that, it changes everything. 
When you begin to get a revelation, listen to me, because see, I can relate to it. I got four children. I got soon to be four grandchildren. I can relate to this. He said, you know how you all kneel when them children come and, you know, and, and they begin to tug at the coat strings of your heart. You a father. You understand. You're not going to give, if they ask for a, a bread, you're not going to give them a snake. If they ask for something, no, you want to help. You want the very best for them. God said, Neil, if you do that for your children and you sinful, what do you think I'm going to do for my children? And that changed my whole paradigm that he loved me. Let me, let me share this testimony as I close. I'm, I'm finished because I, you know, that there's so much I can say about the love of a heavenly father. Jesus said, it's your father's good pleasure to give you kingdom. It says in the, in, in the living Bible, it brings your father happiness. Do you know that God, he, he, he smiles when I'm blessed? He does. I'm a daddy. When my kids do well, I might not even always say it to them, but on this, I'm just smiling. It just makes me feel so good. If I'm that way, how much more God is. And I want you to know that we serve a God who loves us. Hear me. Yesterday, Angela was shopping, going to get groceries. And she said, Neil, I just felt, she, my wife want to share this. I don't want to steal her thunder. Y'all give me a mic. Let me, let me, I'll, I'll use this. As we close, I do want to just share this testimony. <laughs> Amen. So let me share my testimony. <laughs> I um, was coming home from the grocery store, and the Lord said to me to stop at stage. And I said, I know that's not the Lord telling me to go spend money. Have my husband get on my case. And uh, so I passed up stage. And then the Lord reminded me that I needed to get some eyeliner. And I was just going to ask my kids if they were going to the mall and they could pick it up for me. And I said, oh, you know what? I don't have to ask anybody. I can just go and pick up some eyeliner at stage. So I turned around and came into stage, got my eyeliner. And it's like, yeah, you know, I look, did look around a little bit at some jewelry. Then I said, no, stay focused. Got, get my eyeliner. So anyway, while I was standing in line, one of the managers or store clerks were passing out these little cards because they had a little promotional and you, you know, you scratch it off to see what you win. And so the lady in front of me scratched hers off and just kind of put it in her purse. And the lady behind me scratched hers off and it said $10 off of purchase, but she said she was just paying a bill. And uh, in fact, she gave me hers. She said, I, I don't shop here. And um, I didn't dare say, you know, where I shop, but anyway. So I just, I, just left it, I just left that alone. I thought, you know, a stage kind of expensive to me too. But anyway, I scratched off mine, and it had, um, well, why did I say this? Underneath, I couldn't read the little writing. So even though it said gift card, you know, that I want a gift card, I, I couldn't read the writing underneath, so I thought, mm, I don't know, I probably win, and I got to spend so much money. So I handed it to the lady because it, it said a $100 gift card. I said, how do I get this? And she said, you won. I said, I won. You know? <laughs> so we were just both kind of excited. And then the manager came to give me my $100 gift card. And I was so excited. And I said, God, <laughs> you love us so much. You direct us where to go just so that you bless us. God, I didn't do anything. And if you really had to measure a time, if you wanted to say, oh, I've been good and I've dotted my I's and crossed the T's, this surely wouldn't be a time. But just because you wanted to express your love to me, just because you wanted to remind me of the type of God that you are, you said, go this way. He didn't even tell me I've got a blessing in this store. He just said, go this way. And that's a good God that we serve, a loving God that we serve. He'll direct you to where you need to go, and he might uh, bestow his blessings upon you. Come on, let's thank the Lord for that. Amen. And so as we conclude, I just want you to know that God, the reason why he prayed, because we have a God who loves you, 
infinitely more than you and I could ever imagine. And he wants to bless you. And this morning, listen, I just want to close by the, If you have a need in your life and there's something you're praying for, then I just want you, you know, I just wanted this morning, the Lord just told me, I want to pray for you. If you got a need in your life and that's something you're believing God for, just stand on your feet all over this place. Whatever, it could be, it could be something you've been praying about. Sometimes the devil tells us, well, God, you don't deserve it or, or you, God don't want to do this in your life. But I want you to know he wants to bless you. Not just, listen, sometimes we say, oh, that little thing, God's not concerned. God's concerned about every little thing in your life. He's concerned about everything. He loves us that much. The Bible says he, he, he's concerned about everything that concerns you. And I want you to know we have a good God. The reason why prayer becomes a devotion is because when you love somebody, it's not a duty. It becomes a delight. I just want you all over this place this morning, maybe afresh, you say, Lord, I'm seeing prayer in a new light. I realize that you love me. You may have not had a father who was loving and giving and doting, but you have a heavenly father who loves you immensely, who wants to bless you, not because you deserve it, not just, not just always because you need it. Isn't it amazing that sometimes he'll not just bless you because of your need, but just, because sometimes you just say, I just felt like blessing you. I felt like I just wanted to see you smile. I just wanted to see you happy. And so I just want to pray for you today. Father, today you see every person here. You know every need. You know the things that there's those that are praying for Lord God. Some have health problems. And Lord, I thank you that you took stripes so that we might be healed. Remind them that you are a good, good father. And that you want to heal them. Lord, there's others here. And they're praying, Lord, for a situation in their family, Lord God. Lord, you know how challenging it is in our families today. But God, you're concerned about everything that concerns us. Father, there's some, they have a material need. I pray that today you may be a job. It may be finances. Lord, I, I pray that today you will meet that need. Remind them that you are God who supplies all their needs according to your riches and glory. Father, today, do what only you can do. God, make a way where there's no way. Some are facing situations that say, God, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how we're going to solve this. But God, you're a God of the impossible. So today, Lord, let them see through the eye of faith. Let them see that with God, all things are possible. That nothing is impossible to them that believe. Father, I pray for those today, Lord God, who, Lord, today they, they may have come, Lord, and, and the challenges that they face. There, there's young people and they, they, they see the body clock ticking. They say, God, is there anyone for me? Will you, can you provide a mate for me? God, I pray today, remind them that you are a good father and that you love them immensely. I pray that, Lord, those young men and women who are praying, Lord, for a godly mate, I pray that, Lord, that you would move in their lives. Let them know, Lord, they don't have to be embarrassed to talk to you. You love them and you want the best for them. So, God, I pray, move today in a powerful way. God, I'm asking you right now, Lord, Whatever the need, I may have not even mentioned the need. It may be today, some of you have been wrestling with just worry and anxiety. And you just need peace in your mind. Father, I pray that today, the cares of this life have robbed some of their peace. And I pray in the name of Jesus that today, that peace will come. And God, whatever that need is today, let them know that you love them and that you want to meet their need. You take pleasure.